ESPN 690 and Action Sports Jacks presents Brent and Friends with Brent Martineau. We're going to have to show a little more patience than the year two pom-pom people. Casey Kurtz. Yo! But what are we doing, bro? Come on! And Aaron Schachter. I'm, I'm all in favor of these two showing their love, really celebrating their relationship. This is Brent and Friends with Brent Martineau, Casey Kurtz, and Aaron Schachter on Jacksonville's home for ESPN Radio. ESPN 690. That's right. Come on. Brent and Friends, live on ESPN 690. My name is Aaron Schachter. As you just heard the man say, the legendary Brent Martineau hanging out at Tivoli's House of Cards today. Of course, we got the other legend, Casey Kurtz, behind the glass, the Red Menace. 71 degrees on a beautiful day in Jacksonville. Does it get better than that? It's really good. Brent, we just spent five minutes breaking down a streaker video. Now we're going to talk about degenerate gambling. It's a beautiful day today, man. (laughs) What better way to... Talk about all that then right now here on uh, ESPN 690. It is a gorgeous day. It's The week's unbelievable, isn't it? It's amazing. Yeah, Remember the sunset we had last week before the storm? Remember yeah. that battle of the sunsets? It, it was a gorgeous orange sunset. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. And then the storm comes in, so obviously that's not good. But then after, it's been unbelievable. So the before and after is definitely better than the middle part of the storm. <laughs> yeah, I would say that's a, a pretty easy bet to win right there. All right, what do we got? So, Let's go. Uh, a couple of days ago, a story blew up on the uh, the mothership on ESPN about a ton of prop bets that came into Vegas on Daniel Carlson. Uh, and you may remember Daniel. He's the uh, kicker over in Vegas, but yeah. also one of the SEC's all-time leading scorers, if not the leading scorer. I'd have to check the updated on that. But he played at Auburn, legendary kicker. So suddenly all these bets came into Vegas and it, it became a big story. Everyone wanted to know where it came from. So I did a little sniffing. You know, I, my background's in news. I started, I started down the hall at WOKV. Hey, look, Brent, you can laugh, but the AP awarded me for my journalism three times. Three times. Three-time winner of the uh, AP award for journalism. How much did you pay for Excellent. those awards? <laughs> Technically 25 bucks per plaque. <laughs> They've gone up, by the way. <laughs> but it's true. They awarded me. And so I did some investigative journalism, and I found out the source was a man we like to call Ducky Betts. Ducky Betts. And so we welcome him to the show. Ducky, how are you, man? Listen, if I don't come in here and start by saying quack, quack, <laughs> then I wouldn't be a duck. That's right? true. You, you <laughs> no, wouldn't I, be a duck if you didn't I, quack. <laughs> so, Duck, I want to start off at the beginning, Duck, because uh, a lot of people who are in the betting world know who you are. But you're not some kind of mainstream character, man. And we don't see you on, like, NBC or any of these shows. So give me the background on you, how you got into it, and, and, and bring me up to today. Um, so I started just like anyone else as a degenerate gambler who lost pretty much all of their bets. And uh, I mean, we're very familiar with that. We got a guy on the show who can't <laughs> yeah. win whatsoever. Yeah. <laughs> so, yes, yeah, so I got mad enough where uh, during the pandemic, you know, I had a lot of time in my hands. And... Uh, sat here for a very, very long time and started messing around with Excel a little bit and kind of created some some probability formulas that have led me to today. And uh, one time, somebody was like, hey, man, you should probably sell that. You know, somebody would buy this. And, uh, you know, now we're here. Time out. Let me pause you because everyone's got, like, one of these billion-dollar ideas, get-rich-quick schemes. But you're telling me you were just fiddling around with an Excel sheet 
and that led you to this point. Like, for me, when I need to learn something, I end up watching four hours of YouTube tutorials. So well, did you have yeah. to, like, teach yourself Excel, or were you doing it for, like, your job or something like that? No, so I, I already had, like, a, a semi-competent understanding of Excel, and then I, when I say that I sat here, I meant, like, I went through hours and hours of video and research, and I really tried really hard. All right. And, Started um, to make me feel insecure yeah, talking yeah. about learning all this. Stuff. Yeah, man, no, no. <laughs> yeah. So, and then, you know, it took a lot of time, a lot of patience, and a lot of practice, but eventually... I uh, came up with some formulas, and now I'm able to project the future. <laughs> so wait a second. So you created an algorithm, or just uh, yeah. just formulas? Because there's a difference between well, the two. Formulas, algorithm. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, it's mostly formulas. I base everything off of a uh, win probability. That's how I kind of do my stuff, and I have a very good understanding of just value odds and gambling itself in general, and bankroll management, which is obviously very, very important. So, like any good scientist, I'm assuming you tried out some of your best formulas on yourself. Like, were you making bets on these things Correct. and trying to win some money? Co Correct, yes, of course, yes. I always wonder, when it comes to betting, guys, like, is that part of the resume? Are you putting that down as, like, a bullet point? Won $30,000 in 2019 from MGM Grand or something like that? I can't do that yet. No, I mean... <laughs> You're very yeah, far from that. <laughs> The way I kind of did it was, uh, you know, I started a Twitter account and I opened up a tracking page and I tracked every single bet that I've ever made literally from starting the account. Oh, so you're holding and yourself accountable. It yeah, it's something that yeah, not course, many people man. do. Yeah. A duck of the people. That's yeah, what I am. The people's a duck. duck. Of the people. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, so I kind of started like that and, uh, you know, holding myself accountable. Everyone sees my, my progress and everyone kind of tracks my stuff as well and, they want to follow along, that's cool. But now we're pretty strong. We're, we're a big duck pond now. So. Were, were you betting before you had all the formulas? Were you just kind of freewheeling and freestyling? Oh, yeah, yeah. And I lost a lot, dude. And then and then I learned. Once I got the formulas and I figured it out and I, uh, you know, really, really start to study the market and study, study what kind of markets are the most, you know, susceptible to winning more money than uh, losing, uh, that's kind of when I took off and I became what I am, I guess, now. What Do you have a, every gambler I know has a bad beat story where they thought they had it and then they sadly realized that they were very far from having it. You have one of those bad beat stories or no? Dude, that happens every week. Man. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, it happens all the time. Um, I can't think off, off the top of my head. I mean, just this weekend, we just lost something. I, I, I don't even remember. Honestly, yeah, bad beats literally happen all the time man bottom of the fifth inning you're on a first five and somebody makes a stupid mistake and you know a ball jumps out of a glove and that's it your bet is dead casey is casey you got a bad beat that comes off the top of your head you've had a few in the past couple of weeks i think hey man too this weekend uh james robinson you know had a little eight-legger going it was going strong james robinson <laughs> over 11 carries doug peterson where are we <laughs> the night before nice little eight-legger college football indiana alternate spread let's lose to nebraska by two scores what are we doing oh, <laughs> <laughs> By the way, it sounds like Ducky, yeah. Ducky handles the losses a little bit better than Casey. Way better than Casey. <laughs> yeah. Look, man, like. I, I, I try to play it off, man. I try to play. But look, I, James Robinson, you mentioned we're big Jaguars this year in the Duck Pond. Oh, yeah. We're huge on them. We have tons of futures in on them. We have over 6.5 wins. We have a division winner's ticket of plus 750. We got Devin Lord, Rookie of the Year, which now he's the going favorite. Oh, yeah, that's new time, out of so. today, right? I think yeah. MGM updated today they've got him as the favorite. 
Yeah. So, are you taking that uh, bet? Or are you making that bet? Uh, no, we really took it before the season, preseason. Oh, we wow. We had plus 2,000. Whoa. Wow. Someone's going to make some money. Yeah. Hey, uh, Ducky. Yeah, hey, this, maybe. You never know. Yeah, this is Brent uh, jumping in here uh, on this. The prop bets, and this is the one that got all the – why did this one get so much attention with Carlson? And and then speak to prop bets in general because that's like the way of the world now, right, in, in betting and in gambling. So the reason why that one took off is because we essentially, from what I've – found out now is that we run this entire market, the kicking prop market, which took me a little bit by surprise. Well, let's get real, um, Ducky. How many people are really focusing yeah. on kickers in the prop market? It's not like you had a lot of competition no, there. Nobody at all, man. Yeah. I told my ducks. I told my ducks, we don't skip leg day and neither do the kickers that we pick. <laughs> all right? So this is why we went. I mean, I am the back. number one cornhole <laughs> prognosticator in the southeast of the country, so I feel what you're saying, man. Me and you are on the same level, I think. <laughs> yeah. No, so this one specifically, we noticed it because um, David, I think his name was the one that the guy who wrote the article. Yeah, David Purdom. Yeah, he's a really cool guy. Whatever he was tweeting something about the statistics behind Daniel Carlson's bet, trying to figure out where all these bets came from because Daniel Carlson had 500 plus bets on him or 400 plus bets, and the next closest kicker only had 24 bets on him. And people on his Twitter started tagging me. They're like, "Oh, this is because of Ducky underscore bets, Ducky underscore bets." So I retweeted it. I make it. I make a joke, of course. So then he reaches out to me and he's like, "Oh, like, can you tell me a little bit about this bet? Did you post this on your Patreon or whatever?" And I said, "Yeah, I posted. I sent him a screenshot and the reasoning behind it." Um, and he was like, "Oh, wow!" So he, you know, spoke to me and we found out that I'm basically the source behind why this bet had so many uh, tickets on it and and where that basically came from. So, Not yeah, just so the sort of foregoing I'm a, expert at kicking prop bets. Yeah, Don't undersell it, Doc. You know, man. The, the kicker whisperer, right? <laughs> <laughs> the kickerer. Yeah, the kickerer. I like that. And, but if, yeah, so, and if people want to uh, see yeah, if people want to see your analytics and your Excel sheets and all that stuff, they can find that on Patreon. Patreon.com slash DuckPond. So what ended up happening? What was the prop? So the prop was uh, Daniel Carlson over 1.5 field goals. And I actually have a uh, field goal model that I've created, actually. Uh, I just sharpened it up and finished it, and it's ready to launch this weekend. I have it ready if you guys want a little preview of what the number That's one, really. two, and three kickers are. On this. Yeah, I mean, Case is <laughs> yeah. about to leave town and spend some Listen, money. He I'm, needs the money. I'm about to leave town, but here's the thing, Duck. I'm going to Indiana, and I don't know if you know about Indiana, but it, it's a little easier to do some of these things than it is maybe where some other people are located. I don't want to, you know, say too much, but yeah, yeah. you know about Indiana. Maybe. I'm in New Jersey. I'm over here in the wet, wet, uh, wild over here. There so, it yeah, is. It's pretty bad weather over here. Yeah, you guys, I was jealous before. You guys are talking about 70 degrees. Yeah, it's, it's like gorgeous outside, right Duck. Gorgeous. <laughs> yeah. You see, that's, that's, you see, I have to fly south for the winter. That's what I have to do. But, look. <laughs> really leaning right, in so, on this uh, Duck persona. I get it. It's cool. Oh, dude. 100%, <laughs> man. Uh, so, yeah, so my top three. So, for this weekend, this one, the for number one will surprise nobody. I have Justin Tucker at number one. I have him at 1.8 projected field goals at about a 57% chance of win probability, meaning minus 135 fair line odds for him to kick over 1.5 field goals. So all of that, just to speak in layman's terms, if you see the 1.5 field goals bet on your Caesars app, on your whatever app, doesn't matter, whatever sports book you're at, you're saying take under it. minus 135, you take it. Take yeah. it. Because that fair line is minus 135. Now, so as a layman, under that, as a novice, as a layman, a one-and-a-half field goal sounds low for some of these top kickers. Is uh, Are the numbers normally higher than that? 
usually that's pretty much the staple. There there might be kickers like Justin Tucker, for example, that Vegas might set them at 2.5, but the staple across all kickers is usually 1.5, which is why there's a nice little market that we found a little pocket in that, you know, it's not really bet on too much, and we kind of take it, you know, advantage as much as we can. But, yeah, so Justin Tucker might be one of those guys. Um, Brett Maher from Dallas, he's my second right there. I have him at 56%, minus 120 fair line. And then Evan McPherson, uh, Money Mac, I have him at 1.73, 56%, minus 120. Those are my top three for this weekend specifically. Now, I got to ask you, and I don't know if we have all the info yet. I know Harrison Butker on the Chiefs was injured, so our guy, mm-hmm. Casey's yeah. man, Matthew Wright, <laughs> got to hit the field and show what he's about. Is there any news? Do we think that, uh, Matthew, has anyone heard anything on Harrison Butker yet? Is, is Matthew Wright coming back for the double dip? And if so, Ducky, do you got any Matthew Wright love that Casey can indulge in? Yeah, man. Look, I looked this guy up, all right? I looked him specifically up for your producer, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why does this guy's picture look like the before picture for Christian McCaffrey. That's what I was <laughs> Before what? That's literally what he looks like. Before Christian McCaffrey. Before he hit the weight room, like okay. Before and after. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what this guy looks like. Fair enough. Made me laugh. But uh, uh, I was looking at him. So I have him at about 52%. So his, his fair line is going to be pretty relatively close to Vegas. But where I did find an edge is possibly in another prop that is similar to the field goal prop, which is called kicking point. So this is basically the exact same thing, except kicking points would take three points for a field goal and one point per extra point. Yeah. And I haven't projected for 7.73. Usually Vegas sets it around 6.5 or 7.5. So that's an overlean either way. So if you're looking at Matthew Wright and you see that 6.5, I would smash that this weekend. Yeah. What do you think, Case? You're going to make some money on the road? He's writing something down. <laughs> of course I'm writing it down. What do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> now you're not the only one that's writing it down. Hey, just to go back, I mean, the prop. Do more people bet props now than like regular games? I think it's so hard to win in the NFL when you're just betting straight up or even over under. Yeah. Vegas has it so planned, but the prop bets are the newest wave, and is it almost easier to win sometimes on the prop bets? I think people find a higher ROI, return on investment, um, from prop betting more so than spread betting. Just because spread betting is so difficult and. Just you going 52% or 53% over the course of an entire season is considered successful in spread betting. Oh, how painful. So, you know, you can, uh, yeah, and it's so painful. <laughs> so, so painful. So, you know, you can take a prop betting person and you might see them getting 58 to 59% return over the course of an entire season. That's pretty good. Um, just because it's, it's easier, it's an easier market to beat than spread betting because spread betting is so focused on. And there's so much money flying around because obviously professional bettors or syndicates, gambling syndicates, they're pouring their money in on this stuff, on the spread. And a lot of the times the props are kind of left on the side. So I'm the small market prop guy. That's that's what I look like. Uh, That's what I look at. So I look at the kicking props. I look at defensive tackles, things that nobody really cares about. That's kind of what I focus on. The props are a lot of times way more fun than just spread betting anyway. Spread betting seems so so vanilla, so boring. You know, prop betting is kind of fun. You find the angles and weird stuff. Nothing better than having a Super Bowl party where you got like a list of 45 prop bets (laughs) that you threw like a buck or two at. You're out there to make a a lot of money over there. Dude, we were sweating in the Super Bowl. Last Super Bowl, we were sweating hunting yardage. (laughs) That's what we were sweating. And we ended up winning. Hunting yardage is what we were betting on. Hunting yardage. How do you, I guess you have the algorithm for it. I was like, how do you even, you have to do a lot of research to to get the punting yardage odds. 
Well, yeah, no, that I don't even have an algorithm to set up for punching guessing. That one I just, just blind hours guessing. Okay. Of research. Yeah, just hours of research <laughs> to be like, oh, you know, if this Bengals punter, I don't even know his name, if this Bengals, Bengals punter punts it four times, then we can get 200 yards and blah, 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 blah. But yeah, that's, that's, that's the kind of stuff I like to bet on because it's more fun that way. So do you come into this just as some uh, some Jersey guy off the street, or do you have, like, an education in these numbers? Um, listen, I'm, I'm one of those guys. I'm, I'm the first person that I would say I have zero computer science background. Anyone could do this. All you have to do is try hard enough. Hmm. Casey, you hear that? Yeah. Despite all the money you're losing, you're not. You're just not trying hard. Trying. Probably I'm not hard. I'm enough. not trying at the trying. numbers. I'm trying my best, but it's just. It's not. The boys ain't boying when I need them to play. You know what I'm saying? Well, it sounds like you need to watch some videos on Excel and and, and get to work at this. Point. Maybe that's the next evolution of it, or just bend on punting yards, or follow Ducky. That too. And Duck, I, obviously, degenerate gamblers like to bet on stuff other than prop bets for kickers. So, what about you? What's your uh, betting poison when it's not prop betting kickers? Oh, I do. I have. I have an affinity for uh, first inning bets in baseball, dude. Yeah. First inning bets? Yeah. How's that work? Yes, like, if yes. they score a run whether or how many strikeouts or something? Yes. Why first yeah, inning? Just because it's the quick be payoff? Score, dude, it, 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 sticks, it sticks out to just glory. That's all it is, man. <laughs> but, yeah, first inning betting, if, if a team's going to score or not, sometimes I like to even – sometimes you get plus 200 odds on – specific teams to score. Like, you could say that the Toronto Blue Jays are going to score in the first inning. And you just look at pitching matchups and kind of just pick it out from there. But that, yeah, that's, there's a whole community, like a whole cult of people on Twitter that are just focused on specifically that. So I love it. That's nothing new. Love yeah. it. <laughs> so do you, have a, do you have a prediction for us this weekend? Granted, it's not a, a kicker bet, but Jags game coming up this weekend, uh, somewhat of an important one for the team playing the Texans. You have a uh, a bet you wanna you you want Casey to take on his way out the door? Uh, so yeah, let me see, let me see what I got. So honestly, spread. I yeah, I would stick to the Texans on the spread. I'm big on the on the Jaguars this year. If you can tease them down, and you can tease them with maybe like team like the Packers that are I think they're favored minus seven and a half against the Giants. If you could tease them and the Jaguars together, I think that's a solid bet this weekend. Um, if not, then I'm I'm. I'm more on the side of taking the points with the Texans just because they play tough and it should be a close game. But I have the Jags winning this for sure. Love it. You can find yeah. Duck and all his info at uh, Patreon, patreon.com slash Brent, I cut you off, man. What, what what do you got? No, it's good. I like it. I like that uh, tease, too. Do people do teases a lot? That's what I was – props now. I mean, tease, you said the straight-up betting is tough, but uh, teases are kind of fun. You can really get in some crazy point spreads with that. Yeah. Casey, you yeah, definitely find some value there. Yeah, I'm, I'm in, Brent. You know what I mean? It doesn't take <laughs> you much. Do, you do everything. Yeah, yeah it doesn't take much. It's everything. I'm also big on the first inning, by the way. I, I'm with that as well. First inning bets, is that something you uh, normally do or something you're it. into now? Uh, I, I've I've found my way to it. I'm more of like a nothing's going to happen in the first inning guy. Like Isn't that no normally how it runs, goes? That type yeah. of thing. Yeah. yeah, like I feel good about that, but... To the point, like, you see some certain type of pitchers are pitching, you're like, hey, somebody's going yak in the first inning, guaranteed. Mm. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, this is your part of our little D-Gen corner over here, man. <laughs> there we go. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's a problem, but it's no, fine. No. We're all good. Well, we got, a, we got a dollar bet board behind Casey in the studio with a whole bunch of bets. The problem is that it's the antithesis of your first inning bet. All these bets we put up on these boards, they're season-long football bets. We got to get to, like, the game-by-game bets to really start having fun, I think. It's true. Mm. 
And somebody, I, I hope somebody put Devin Lloyd up there for Defensive Rookie of the Year, dude, because he is a killer out there. I love it. It's I love beast. watching it. Beast. Zach, I appreciate you coming on, man. We got to have you back for a, like a Super Bowl show. We got to set up a whole prop bet <laughs> thing with, uh, with the Duck Pond for sure. Yeah, man. Listen, I, I told you, for the winter, I'm flying south. So I'll see you guys very, very soon. All right? You hear that? The mallard of money-making is headed <laughs> to the first coast. Patreon.com slash DuckPond for all his info. Thank you so much, Duck. Thanks, Duck. Uh, have a good day, guys. See ya. That was probably uh, Casey's favorite segment <laughs> of all of, time. Of, of all time on the show because he just got a couple of tips. <laughs> I took four and a half pages of notes, guys. I've, <laughs> I've never written anything down for this show before. Four and a half pages of notes. That's real. You've <laughs> never written anything down for this show before. Yeah, it's it, true. It, you know, it's crazy. The, the prop betting is a wild thing. And I could see it because, you know, like, you're like this, Casey. I can already tell. And I used to be like this. And then I got out of it because I just wanted action on everything. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so, but that wasn't the smart way to go. So, like, I'd have like 12 bets going. It's like, well, you're going to, I mean, you're going to break even. You're not breaking even. So, I, I, I can see why people love the prop bets because you can do so many, uh, different things and have it going and feel good about it. It's not just like, hey, I got to pick six spreads. Because doing that in the NFL, again, I think the NFL is the hardest thing to bet on. Now, you can lose more money probably betting baseball, right, Casey? Because some of the crazy lines with starting pitchers, you can get yourself in trouble. Mm -hmm. It's just so inconsistent with scoring in baseball, too. Yeah, but the NFL is hard. It's just so hard, man. Vegas knows those Excel sheets better than anything. Well, I'll tell you what replaced uh, football betting with my friends for me as I got older was fantasy football. It's like uh, betting without money, essentially. True. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm all over all of it, though, to your point, Brent. Yeah, I'm, I'm telling you, I'm going to be a problem in Indiana for the next couple of days. Tell you, what. <laughs> you got some good info. You got to subscribe to his Patreon, man. He's got a lot of good info on there. Might have already done it. You never know. Oh, all right. All right. Uh, well, hey, we, uh, we, we do our picks here at Devoli's House of Cards on Fridays. That's right. Mark's off to a rough start, though, I would say. He's <laughs> looking over right now. It's, he just got here, so I, I just told him the bad news. It's two weeks <laughs> in a row, Mark. It's unlucky. <laughs> yeah, man. But hey, it's a long season. I got a conspiracy theory about your boy Mark uh, and that other league we're in where he's got 87 quote-unquote family members on the list. <laughs> I think it's all Mark. Uh, listen, I've been in the money. There's no conspiracy theory here. I'm in the money. Can you get us a better team this week? Our boys, we had Calvin Ridley. We had nobody else to play. <laughs> please, Mark. Can we please get some people that <laughs> hey, actually are in the league? That's what working. I kind of love. Like, sometimes in this Holy uh, cow. car breaks, you know you're kind of done before it even starts. <laughs> this <laughs> was one of those weeks. Can you just buy us another entry then, Brent? Jeez. Yeah, I guess I could have done that. Right? Yes. Yeah. We're running out there, hey, Calvin Brent, Ridley it, and Calvin hey, Johnson. Hey, like, Brent, we have no chance. Can you just buy me something else? Yes. I I'm mean, into this idea. You buy me enough already. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll be back. Uh, Brent and friends on ESPN 690. What's money between friends, Casey? Uh, we'll be back uh, from Tavoli's House of Cards in St. John's County. Zach, you know, he always is going to be looking to make those big plays. And um, it was cool just to see him getting back and playing how I know he does. He's getting out of sacks and uh, breaking tackles and, you know, running the ball with the passes and there and everything like that. Obviously, we knew he was going to be a little rusty as his first game back, and he hasn't been seeing a whole bunch. So as an offense, we really had to take another step up just to help him out more. And I feel like as running backs, we've prided ourselves on that as well as kind of just being a human eraser for him. If he might not know where he wants to go with the ball, you know, he can throw us a check down and we're going to get yards with him, just that type of thing. And also give him the confidence to hand us off the ball for him to know that we're going to get, get yards with that. So for him, his first game back, I felt like he played great.
I don't know who that was from the Jets. Aaron, any Zach, guesses? Who the man talking or who he was talking about? Yeah, well, he's talking about Zach, but yeah, who we'll was talking? I, I, I'm sorry. I wasn't listening close enough to venture a guess. That means you finally made it on the show because that's what Brent <laughs> said for years. You weren't listening. Well done. I was busy looking some yeah. stuff up. Yeah. yeah. And oh, I'm, yeah, sure. More yeah, ducky yeah. bets probably, right? <laughs> Punter lines. Um, exactly. Barice Hall. Okay. Ah, Brees Hall. Yeah, the yeah. running back. He's, he's by doing? the way, he's had a, he's having a good season for a rookie running back. Two touchdowns last weekend. They're using him more and more each game. But the reality is they have a back by the name of Michael Carter, who they really liked, and they loved him last year. Like yeah, him a little bit less right. with Brees Hall in there. But uh, that's a good one-two punch there in New York, man. They're happy I, with I him. Mean, seriously, what's, a, what's around here in Jacksonville, right? They lose to the Eagles. They play really good football for the most part. You look at all these metrics. The Jags are pretty good. You look at the power rankings. I mean, somebody had him at 20, but everybody else has him at, like, 16 or above, and some still at 10, some at 11, 13, whatever it might be. So, like, people like that. I've never been this, I care about what the national media thinks about Jacksonville, but I understand it from a fan perspective. It's nice not to get, like, you know, crapped on all the time by the national media, right? Or at least get talked about and be relevant. See, I think that's what people are screaming for. It's like, hey, if they've got me in the 12th or 13th, it's like it feels like Jacksonville's relevant this year, which is a cool thing. Like, are they saying that in New York? Are, are no, they're, they're not saying anything close to so that. You're not a believer. I mean, they're two and two, man. Why wouldn't you believe in oh, that? Oh, I believe. I would like to believe. First of all, I'm not a believer because of PTSD, right? Because this team does this to every Jet fan every year. But I'm no, saying, no, Jet, they don't get off the two and two starts. So no, that's my but they, point. the hope springs eternal through the draft and the off season, and then we get there, and it's like, oh, here we go again. So in the beginning of the season, when Zach went down, and we're looking at Flacco for possibly the first five games. I think the fan base was like, ah, crap. You know, here we go again. And then you got a situation where you get Zach Wilson back and you wonder if you have enough time to really see who he is before you got to make a real decision uh, going into next year's draft where you got some more quarterbacks going. You know, it's really interesting with the Zach Wilson, Trevor Lawrence stuff's always going to play out. And Trevor got a lot of steam in the first three weeks because he played so well in those two weeks especially. And he really didn't play awful in the game against Washington. He had some good moments, but then he also had some bad moments. Well, then he plays awful. In the, in the rain against Philadelphia and five turnovers, and, and that mars, of course, the first month of the, the year in that respect. But meanwhile, Zach Wilson's out, and, you know, he, he's got to just get back into it. Well, Wilson does something that's totally different than what Trevor's doing. Trevor gives us moments. Trevor has, like, games where it's like, hey, that looks pretty good now. Mm-hmm. Like, that's what they drafted. And there's some consistency there, and then it goes and falls back, and that's kind of the young up and down of, of, a, of a quarterback, I think, in the NFL, especially a young guy. But Wilson gave you, like, the score to get ahead, like late. Yes. You know, well, so, two so, drives, yes. Yeah, so what we're at, like, what people are saying about Trevor, it's does he have the it factor? Well, I wonder if people in New York are like, hey, he's got the it factor, but can he play the rest of the game? He's got it. I'll <laughs> yeah. tell you that. <laughs> well, right? off the he's field, got yes. it. He's got it off the field for sure. But uh, but you, you know do. what I mean? Like, yes. that's a different vibe between the two quarterbacks. Like, I would say hands down, everybody in the NFL right now would say Trevor Lawrence is a better quarterback than Zach Wilson. Yeah, there's no debate right? there. But in this league, the ability to bring back, the ability to win late, the ability to make sports-centery kind of plays is a thing. A thing that resonates with fans, with analysts, with pundits, with everybody. And so I wonder if Wilson has a chance to do that, even though we kind of all believe he's not the quarterback Trevor Lawrence is. You know what I mean? Yeah. I just, I think there still needs a lot more games to be played for Zach Wilson versus what you think you see in Trevor Lawrence. You feel pretty confident 
in what you got. Maybe you're not seeing him to the top of his abilities today, but you know you're on your way. You can see the big step forward so far, at least this season, from last year. I don't think anyone looking at Zach Wilson is saying the same thing outside of he bulked up in the offseason. All right. Uh, he hey, I want to... <laughs> Brett Martin, Casey Kurtz, Aaron Schachter, Brett and friends on ESPN 690, hanging out at the Bullies' House of Cards. And, uh, by the way, where it is that uh, Mark is picking our team over there, and it's looking pretty good. I don't Ooh. have full results yet for this week. Love but, to hear about that. Uh, yeah. Uh, if you want to get involved in the fantasy card breaks, we're going to have more information on it, you know, coming up throughout these next few weeks. An easy, easy way to do it. But Thank God we don't have Calvin Ridley. <laughs> but you can come on down to the Bullies' House of Cards or give them a buzz. And uh, we'll get you the phone number two. Maybe we and be a part of it. Uh, Casey, right, do you so think do you think I'm Falcons fans, Casey, are saying the same thing or no? Nah, they're probably like, can we please get <laughs> can Calvin we please Ridley? get Calvin Ridley back? Yeah, well, is Calvin and Drake please, London? Woo! Can they please throw it to Kyle Pitts? How about that? That looks like yeah. a waste of a pick right now because Falcons don't want to use him. I don't get it because it's not like Mariota is the guy to go downfield on every play, but like you know, look for the dude somewhere. All right, so we pulled this out of the prison pack, the twenty-four. Wow. I mean, it's pretty good right here. Now, this is what happens, okay? You, you get um, a box of cards. Now, I do two different ones. There's two different price points. All right. This one is a 24-card pack, right, or box. And, uh, and so you've got to come up with a quarterback, a running back, a tight end, a receiver, three flex players, and what you could use as a super flex. That could be a second quarterback or a duplicate player or just someone else because you had a, a, a great run. Right. Well, here's what we have. Justin Herbert. Okay. Ezekiel Elliott, mm. Robert Woods, Travis Kelsey, mm-hmm. Nico Collins, mm. Brashad Perryman, Ooh. Robbie Anderson, and Lamar Jackson. Uh, I mean, you well, sound I'm not mad at it. You sound excited. I'm not saying it's bad. I'm this saying- is out of 20. We have to come up with eight cards and fill the roster out, guys, out of 24 cards. Because right, some of those names like, are like, yeah, in 2018, I'd be excited, but. Uh- who did we have? We had Calvin Ridley last year, last week. <laughs> yeah. And we had two spots that went on. And here's why I'm mad about we Calvin have Ridley. Two spots, right? Yeah, because ahead, I case. know he doesn't play. Who the hell's Brashad Perryman? Oh, he's on the Ravens, right? Yes. He's like yes. the guy. Or if Bateman that, and, and, and yeah, Perryman. They have like no receivers. He can, That's he can not right. Like That's not him. That's Duvernay. Is he a buck? Who is Perryman? Is Perryman still? Where's Perryman now? Can we trade him for Ravens, Calvin? Right? Yeah. Uh, Perriman's on the Bucks. Okay, good one, Brent. Listen, Herbert and Lamar Jackson and Kelsey alone should make you happy. I watched the whole Bucks game. I never saw no Perryman out there. Herbert's a good one. Kelsey's a good one. I don't know. Perriman can get the ball. They're not giving it to Russell Gage or uh, you got Godwin still kind of hurt even though he's playing. Mm. We got right, you. So I'm, anyway. I'm happy about the Lamar. I'm happy. Don't get me wrong. I'm just stuck on Perriman. I don't think he's real. First yeah. round draft I mean, pick in 2015 to the Ravens. Like it's not like he's not a talented dude. Listen, his parents, asked, Brett and Laundria. You guys <laughs> asked myself and Mark Devoli to do better, and we did. You did. So who shut are up. running backs? Zeke. <laughs> Zeke and who? So shut up. <laughs> Nobody's shutting so up. It's a radio show. So if we shut it. up on the radio show, it's going to be very stupid for the next hour. This, hour. Was, no, this was literally it. the uh, parenting <laughs> philosophy that I grew up with. So just <laughs> shut up. Oh, I thought the one you subscribe to now. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you do what you turn into your parents as you get older. <laughs> oh, yeah. Only when... Only when they ask about itchy toes at four in the morning. <laughs> Shut up. Uh, Rashad hey. Perriman's the man. I don't know why you're so upset, Case. <laughs> hey, okay, look this up real quick. I don't want to go to break just yet. I want to get this in. All right. You, you brought this up as a, as a topic, and I like it. I think the Jags are killing it this year from a defensive standpoint in the draft. Yeah. And 
don't just go call up the draft real quick the first round and we'll for this purpose throw in like Muma and obviously Devin Lloyd and Trayvon Walker the biggest ones but Ducky just said you know everybody's high on Devin being like the rookie of the year rookie of the rookie year, of the year. Yeah. I still think Trayvon can have a big rest of the season I think he does have to make some splash, splash plays along the way to get in that conversation but the Jags have two really good players on defense and then Chad Muma who will see where it fits in well, but if you look at other defensive players taking yeah. the first round, that's where I want to go here. And you obviously have Hutchinson, and he fell on. Are you talking about all defensive players or yes. these edge rushers? No, because well, I pulled up all of the edge rushers taken in the first round to compare. If you want to do that, well, but if you how many wanted, were taken? How many were taken in, in the first, first round? You had uh, about six guys. You had okay. Walker. Well, you we'll had, go there first. Okay, Walker in the first pick. Hutchinson, Kayvon Thibodeau, Jermaine Johnson, the second. He's not doing much though, right? What are you serious, my friend? Is he doing something? This man is doing well. Now, granted, he's got two sacks, so he's not, like, leading the league in rookies. Well, I guess maybe Okay, he so he had, a bad, nah, he had a bad preseason, right? That's where that kind Correct. of Correct, yeah. There All was right. a preseason where they were unimpressed. But as far as pro football focus is considered uh, is concerned, he's the best on run defense in the draft and second best on pass rush. Wow, so that was a heck of a value pick way back in so the far, yeah. So far. So uh, far. And they had to jump up in the first to get him. Uh, Devonta Wyatt went to the uh, Packers late in the first, and George Karlaftis went to the uh, Chiefs late in the first. I actually mm-hmm. think Karlaftis has had some moments, I believe. He has, but he's been very poorly graded up to this point. So okay. not, inconsistency is really the knock on Karlaftis. Right now, an overall PFF score of 49.7, very rookie-ish. What, so we had Jordan Davis and Stingley as well picked defensively. Mm-hmm. I mean, give me other some highlights of the first round defensively. Yeah, so Kyle defensively Hamilton. you got Stingley at third. You got Sauce Gardner who's oh, looking fantastic yeah. in Jets, New York. Jets might have done what the Jags did. Oh, they yeah. hit on both their guys. Oh, yeah, maybe three of them. We'll see. Well, defensively, I'm saying. Yeah. Kayvon Thibodeau at five. Then you had uh, the next defensive pick would have been you got to scroll because we, we you go on jordan a run davis, probably you go on a, yeah it is jordan davis you go on a run with wide receivers i got you before i got that. you kyle hamilton mm-hmm. the safety yep. how's he doing he was a slow start in the preseason uh, they're how's not they're not thrilled from what oh, i heard they're not okay uh, that's just that's just what twitter says uh, i tr- thought he'd be great too trent mcduffie uh the corner for the chiefs uh then you got quay walker to the packers by the, the way Packers. hamilton has very good grades from pff really okay. yeah then tell somebody on twitter uh, Elam, the corner from the the Gators at Gators, with the Bills. Yep. Uh, Jermaine Johnson, as mentioned, Devin Lloyd, uh, Devontae Wyatt, and then uh, that's everybody in the first hey, round. Hey, by the way, like it looks like that might be a pretty good defensive first round draft. Not only for, that, for but a lot of people. the two teams that jumped back into the first round and grab a defensive guy, those picks were Devin Lloyd and Jermaine Johnson. I mean, talk about working out. Yeah, that's pretty good. So like, again, early returns are good, and I think it's not just Jacksonville. I think the Jets. And I think a lot of other folks, there might just be a good defensive first round. We could look, you know, we talked quarterbacks last year being maybe is it like the best class in years. Yep. Uh, well, this defensive draft, the way this shakes out, could be really good as you project forward. I think there are some really good players well, that you guys just listed. Brent, hold on to your helmet because you still got a bunch of great wide receivers that were taking the first round as well. And by the way, like six or seven offensive linemen who maybe started out of the gate slowly but are really starting to pick it up here. This might be one of the best drafts overall in a very long time. That's pretty interesting. And uh, Jags were smart then in that sense to jump back in and get another player. Uh, and, you know, and obviously, I mean, how, how about that move, right? I say there are bold moves, and I'm, we all wanted the Jags to jump back in in some way. And I think a lot of people were eyeing like a receiver if they could jump back yeah, in and get the sexy pick, yeah. But you know how I always talk about this, Casey, in the past? Like, you've got to make a bold move somewhere along the way if you want to turn your organization. 
And I'm not saying this was the boldest of moves, but it might be a bold move that pays off. GMs don't like trading up. They just don't. They don't like to do it. Well, the Jags finally did it. They got aggressive, and they might end up with the NFL Rookie Defensive Player of the Year by doing it. Like, that would be considered to me a bold move that paid off. A way paid off, yeah. For the Jacksonville Jaguars. So... And an integral part of the defense and the way it schemes out, man. Like, he is needed on that defense. Yeah, he is. Oh, gosh, yeah. And, and he's been so good for I mean, he just continues to grow. I think he was a little off the other day, and I think that's part of the growing pace. I think Trayvon Walker got stonewalled, well, because it's part of the growing pace. Nobody said they were going to play great for 17 games. How crazy is it that before the season started, we're looking at that position, we're looking at Devin Lloyd going, the guy hasn't been able to get on the field. How do you name him the starter before you know what you got? Now we're looking at him going, well, of course, yeah, you got to name I, this kind of starter. I actually think that was really close, too. I think they were close to not naming him the starter. Well, it looks like they made the right move. Yeah, it does look like it. And we don't even know how good Chad Muma might be or could be. He can't get on the field much. He only had like two snaps, I think, uh, the other day. All right, we'll be back from Devoli's House of Cards here in St. John's County. Come on out. Get a part of this uh, fantasy game that we're in. You got to stop on by any day, not just today, uh, here at Devoli's House of Cards on uh, 210 in St. John's County. Burton Friends returns on ESPN 690 uh, right after this. Oh, it's a glorious day at the ESPN 690 studios. Preach to him, Casey. More specifically, the break room, right? Okay, now listen. Oh, hey, Brent. I'm sorry, I was yelling. I kind of vaguely heard you there in my headphones. Um, I'll turn you up louder. Maybe the people should get to hear you. Uh, anyway, what? You're a yeller. Okay, yeah, you're right. I'm going to get my point across now. Okay, so... As I was saying, before, all, you came in with all this great momentum. I know, and then Brent decided to come to the show, named Brent and Friends. Brent is the the aforementioned Brent. Anyway, let's let's rewind, and start over. Go ahead. Okay, come so, in cold. I can't come in cold. Anyway, I was excited because it's my last day of the week, right? Don't have to deal with you guys, right? You really do sound like you're on like vacation energy right now. I'm feeling good, but so I go in the break room, looking for. And just keep talking. Uh, I'm in the break room looking for something to drink, right? Go to the vending machine. I see some of the options, and I notice an option I've never seen before. Oh, a new option in the vending machine and, is cause for celebration. And I've told the people on the radio, sorry if you stock our vending machines, you're listening. Our vending machines are trash, usually really bad. I don't like the options that are in there most of the time. Here's what, making friends everywhere. Yeah. Here's what I don't get about our vending machine, to be honest with you. There you go. We got, like, four different mm. varieties of regular water in there. Yeah. Not even, like, there are, in addition to those four varieties, we also have flavored water in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're but, talking, like, Zephyr Hills, Desont. Like, yeah, we like, have regular how water many different, different waters do you need? Exactly. Come on. That's what I'm thinking. So we take those out. But now Amanda's been telling me, Casey, you got to drink water, you're going to die. I say, you know what? That's okay. Because in the vending machine, we have half and half. Arnold Palmer, sweet tea and lemonade, oh, found it in wow. the vending machine. What a moment for me. I'm not sure if anybody else is excited about this, and frankly, I don't care because I'm excited. I'm hyped up. Don't shake your head, Mark. No, I don't care this is a sports show. Listen, I'm not worried about nothing. Don't let Brent take you down, man. The Arnold Palmer is like the Lexus of beverages. Amen. I like what I you're working most, with. I think it's like the most overrated drink of all time. What? Are you serious? Yeah, Mark No with a bad take right now. That's why nobody likes you. Like that's why you had to name the show why Brent and Friends, where you're only friends. You had to feel yeah, better about yourself. Hold on, let me break this down for a second. Brent, do you like iced tea? Uh, no, that's why. <laughs> but do you like lemonade? I mean, I like iced tea, and I, I, but not like I'm not a uh, fiend for it, you know. I am. Um, and I like lemonade, but yeah, I, I can't people get with rate, the, um, some people like love it to the point. But I just can't get there. 
Like, it's okay to me, but it's not like, wow, good. I like, don't know. Casey just response. did a five minute segment getting to it. First of all, <laughs> like, first it's of not all, that good. We, you're really deflating poor Casey. <laughs> first of all, we came back into the segment at 52 16, it's 54 14, so I didn't do three minutes on anything yet, but there is still another minute to go. Uh, I do want to point out Matt Master is a very sophisticated individual in the chat. There is water in your tea. Matt. Boy. <laughs> Somebody tell Amanda. There is water in the tea, so Amanda, we could just relax a little bit. He's drinking his water. Anyway, what a moment. That I'm asked to bring policy. topics to the show. I'm asked to bring energy. <laughs> I brought them both all in one. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> Bro, we got to go to break. Take us there. Yeah, we'll do that. All right, football at five coming up. Uh, by the way, it might have been Matt who, who suggested a topic yesterday to me. I believe it was. And we're going to go there next. Oh, I saw a stat today that actually supports this more than I believe. The Jags are in a lot of good rankings across the NFL, but they're bottom five when it comes to big plays, like explosive plays. That surprised me a little bit, and is that concerning for Trevor Lawrence when it comes to the deep ball right now? I think some are concerned about it. How do you feel about it? Well, we'll talk about it when we come back on ESPN 690.